Flashlights flicker off. Voices fall silent. As you pass beneath the archway, a small orange glow framed against the lake beneath the inky, starlit sky. Smiling faces of people you love, barely perceptible in the warm light. Stories. Jokes. Songs. Poems. Lives. Shared with honesty. Received with love. And held in the circle with silence. It seems odd not cheering people on. Or letting them hear your appreciation. But it may be the most right thing we do. It allows you to focus on listening and create space for each voice to stand on its own. Which in turn makes our community stronger. More united. More loving. More. Whether it's your first campfire or your thousandth, the feeling never goes away. As everybody rises, crosses their arms, right over left, and we sing together, Shalom Chaverim Lehitrayot, peace friends, until we meet again. Presented by Unirondack Studios, this is The Wake Up Bell. campfire on the dance floor there's a lodge and the campfire oh. in the same place when it rains <laughs> gotta love a rainy campfire a or the, the rainy campfire where we had to get up and leave uh, and then in the middle of it go have a circle of flashlights in Stevens there's yeah. also the night that a bat we had campfire in Gilman or in the lodge, the lodge. and it got moved to Gilman because there was a bat. bat in the lodge which then became the theme for the talent show it was about the bat just mm-hmm. wanting to be friends there was that also the time that campers thought there was a bat in their cabin, and we all stopped our meeting, um, but it was just a big moth. Yep. We all waited for like the waiter <laughs> to come back, and then, I think it was Kellen, right? Kellen? Who knows? It's a moth. Big moth. <laughs> Regardless of who it was, they get the Kellen voice. Yeah. But anyway, campfire is something we do every evening at Camp Unirondack. It holds some of our oldest traditions in Camp Unirondack history, and I would say it's one of the most, if not the most, sacred space we have. Yeah, many of people's strongest memories of camp are made at Campfire, and I think it is part of what makes this place feel like it's tying together the old and the new. Definitely. I think both in just experiences at campfire, but also literal submissions. There are things that are old and new. Some things that are too old, perhaps. <laughs> like what? Well, okay, so there's a good old and there's a too old. So, like, you know, too old, Riptide. Disagree. Too old, Hallelujah. Um, <laughs> good old, uh, like the sunscreen story. Wear sunscreen? Great. Great reading. I think sometimes when things are old still, there can be a freshness brought to them at campfire and it can be done in a way where maybe 
like Riptide, while being overplayed and old, can also be done in a funny way, which can be a new take. Correct. But then that can then become too old. And that's when you revert back to the original. That's culture, <laughs> baby. <laughs> Speaking of culture, campfire, part of our culture. So, yeah, no, it's a really great chime. I think, um, you know, first campfires are really impactful, but also, like, random campfires can be very impactful just based on what happens there. Uh, I've laughed really hard and cried really hard at multiple campfires. Virtual nap. Virtual nap. Verbal. Verbal nap. <laughs> Defeats the purpose. Yeah, dude, I, like, I remember my first campfire, um, and the, the theme was, hello, I love you, let me tell you your name. Um, and they did sing that song, but also there are a lot of songs about love sang about, um, camp, um, and, uh, it was, it was fun, um. How old were you for your first campfire? I was 12, um, I was a Channing camper, 2009, <laughs> um, definitely, like, I didn't know what to expect whenever we came down there, especially when they said during camp counseling, Oh, it's more of a quiet, reflective time, and I went down thinking that we were just going to sit in silence the whole time, I guess. Um, I didn't really, I didn't really get what was happening. But I enjoyed it. Uh, but I didn't share until probably like my neck, my like second year of the camper. Mm-hmm. Didn't know. I didn't want to intrude. Yeah. Yeah, I remember my first campfire, too. It was in the lodge. First one ever. And I remember thinking it was so cool because someone played the keyboard which I didn't know was not a usual thing. And I remember Fergie sang a Lady Gaga song and that impacted me so much that I sang the same song at my last talent show. Hmm. What song? Was Fergie playing the auto harp? <laughs> no. Oh. I brought Fergie in just for my performance. It was, um, oh, what was it? I can, Speechless. Speechless by Lady Gaga. Awesome. Yeah. I do not remember my first campfire because I was very young. It was kind of like a a general feeling I get when I think about being a kid in Barton at campfire rather than specific memories. Yeah, I think what's cool is even after logging thousands of hours of campfires, you're still not ever an expert on campfires. They can still surprise you. They can still make you feel lots of things, um, and they're not ever the same. Yeah, each campfire feels like an entirely new mix using the same basic ingredients, but all put together in a new way where sometimes you can be laughing at the very start and laughing all the way through to the end, and other times you might immediately come out of the gates with something funny or sad, And each submission afterwards is something entirely different. And those emotions start mixing together until by the end, you're just a big emotional wreck that is uh, hugging your friends and trying to smile and not cry too much. Yeah, the hugs are helpful. Mm -hmm. And you can go into a campfire. I know, especially being on staff, it's at the end of the day. Sometimes they start later than we hope. You're tired and you go in and you can just be completely revived by someone's submission that you were not expecting someone sings a song someone you've never heard sing before or they share something they wrote and you just did not know that was in this person and it just surprises you it delights you and you leave feeling completely differently when 
than when you showed up. Yeah, I love when that happens because of other programs too. Like we've had morning programs or workshops that have been around maybe poetry writing or um, writing in general or a song, writing or just like music. So there's some more um, almost initiative for campers to share that haven't shared before. Uh, and it's really cool to say, oh, like I wrote this in my workshop today. And then you're like, whoa, you did that today? Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah, I think things like that can give campers confidence to share something that they otherwise might be lacking. And I think in general, Campfire does have a certain power to inspire kids to begin sharing, Mm -hmm. maybe performing in front of people for the first time in their lives um, because of the nature of the, the solitude and the silence at the end that creates the equality of each share being, being reflected upon. Mm-hmm. I think campfire is the ultimate equalizer. Mm-hmm. Everyone is honored in the same way. And I've seen people connect who had never spoken before after a campfire submission. I've seen people go up to someone and say, what you shared really impacted me, really moved me. And I connected. Thank you. And that's, really I think one of the most powerful things I've experienced and I know many others have as well yeah or even just knowing like oh the same music the same song like oh well you know that song too I really love mm-hmm. this artist let's talk more about that uh let's do a song together. that's how I feel like I definitely made some of my friends as a camper mm-hmm. yeah I think sometimes the best compliment you can be paid after sharing something at campfire is when you know, you get compliments afterwards and everything and your friends are like, you did a great job. But then like three days later, you're talking to someone else for the very first time, maybe. And they bring up your whatever you shared with uh, the camp at Campfire. And it stuck with them enough that they wanted to talk with you about it. And that can be the start of a new friendship. And I think that's really amazing. Mm-hmm. And even knowing people like, People that I've been very close to have shared things like I've even I've then become surprised by it. Sometimes just because it's really good, or sometimes it's a thing that I wasn't aware of that like then being able to do, or then doing that specific piece, or if they've written something. Even like both of you, I think have done stuff, and I've been like, oh, I want to hear that again. <laughs> yeah, certainly Elena. I don't know about me though. <laughs> Hush up. Yeah, I think that campfire overall is like the pumping beating heart of camp and it gives different people different things and can also give entirely different things depending on the night and the people who share so without further ado let's hear from some campers and camp humans all around camp humans Please introduce yourself. I will. Hi, my name is Caleb. I use he, him, his pronouns. I like dogs. And I don't believe there's anyone who actually knows how to fold a fitted sheet. I think there are people who can trick you into believing that it's possible, but I don't think it can actually be done. And I don't trust anyone who says they can do it. Verbal knock. You have not met my aunt, Susan. I, I, I haven't. I already, I'm already, I'm already suspicious of your aunt Susan. Uh, I think, I think she just learned from a, another woman in the fifties. Uh-huh. So my mom 
always makes me watch a YouTube video and follow along whenever I hopelessly walk up to her and say, Mom, I can't fold this sheet. She goes, okay, watch this YouTube video <laughs> and follow closely be- behind. And it's very it tech savvy. Me- right. It takes me like four or five watchings of the YouTube video to actually fold the fitted sheet. Yeah. I don't My- I- I've given up. I, I It felt like the last sort of frontier of adulthood. And at a certain point, I just decided that it was okay if I had a balled up fitted sheet in the back of my linen closet. And I'm once I let go, it's just, it's been a lot easier. That's, that's very refreshing and astounding of you. Um, that was the last frontier of adulthood, but you've passed every other one though? Oh, no. No, certainly not. No, I just don't think I'm ever going to get that far. I only have, I, I've heard that you need to have. That was your last checkpoint, you know, like. Well, someone once told me that you need to have um, no roommates and six houseplants. I have no roommates and I have five houseplants, so I'm not I'm not quite there yet. And I've thought of getting another one, but I think there's a part of me that's afraid that if I do, then I, I have to start calling myself a grown up and I'm not ready for that, so. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Oh, hi there, Mistress again. Oh, oh Mistress no. Mistress again. Ew. <laughs> no, thanks. My first question is, how many campfires have you been to? <laughs> Do the math right now. I, I couldn't possibly. Many. Um, very many. Uh, if I sat down and did the math, I could probably figure it out within a, a margin of error. But gosh, lots and lots. We'll say right. that. I'll, I'll take that. that that's yeah. an acceptable answer. Yeah. Okay. Of those many, mm-hmm. any times that you remember when you shared something from maybe the first time? Oh, I actually distinctly recall my first campfire submission. It was a disaster. Um. I was an Emerson camper, so uh, that was a while back. Uh, eight years old. It was the towards the end of the week. I didn't know that just anyone could submit to campfire. I don't. I wasn't really sure how it worked. People performed. It, it was. I, I guess I zoned out during that explanation on the first camp council. I <laughs> so did not know like what. A club? Like a, like I thought it was like an exclusive club. Yeah, I wasn't sure how you got in on it. And, you know, someone said something to me about submitting to Campfire and I just, I, it was confusing and I was too afraid to ask. So I let it go. And then our cabin decided the theme and the theme was jokes and ghost stories, which was a great juxtaposition. And that's... Yeah, so that's that's when my cabinet started talking about submitting, and I was like, "How do you how do you do that?" And you know, my my one cabinet was like, "Well, I'm taking submissions, so why don't you just tell me if you want to do something?" And I said, "Well, I have this ghost story that I wrote uh, or came up with anyway." Um, you have to understand, I was eight years old, and it was a truly horrific ghost story. And I don't mean like scary; I mean just bad, like really awful storytelling. <laughs> Not frightening at all. The premise of the story was that there was a family who adopted a dog and then their children started turning into dogs. And it was supposed to be like a big reveal at the end that they were turning into dogs and and they were confused about where the kids were disappearing to and where all the dogs were coming from. But 
I didn't do a good job. Anyway, it was a very bad story. It, it was not scary. It ended with everyone being dogs, which I think is actually, you know, quite lovely. Um, not but I was really proud of it and I wanted to share it. Uh, and I was told, you know, what order I was in the lineup and I got there and I was uh, terrified. I mean, I remember I was just so shaking so hard. I was bouncing was off the bench. Was there a scary story before you? Is that why? No, no, I was just, I was just so nervous. I did, I was so afraid of speaking in front of people back then. And, um, I was going to face my fears and do it. And I remember I started talking and my voice was shaking so bad that it sounded like I was trying to do like an ooky spooky voice, but I wasn't. <laughs> it was just the nerves. And yeah, it was like, and then there were dogs. But that was just how I sounded out of my own fear. Anyway, no one thought it was good. Well, I <laughs> let me let me put it this way. I was I was I was grateful um at that moment that we don't um customarily applaud after submissions because there was no way for me to be judged by the people around me there was just a deafening silence and i could sit in that and know that that was what was supposed to happen and just hope for the best anyway no one said anything about it ever again and it was uh, gone to history until this very moment but it was rough um but after that at point i i became more more comfortable with and uh, it wasn't, I mean, occasionally I would do something. I wasn't a big performer. It wasn't until I became a counselor that um, I think I had um, more confidence to submit things regularly. But um, no, my favorite part of, of Campfire is just listening to everyone else. I think I really enjoy hearing what other people have to share and, um, and, and also watching campers, you know, go through that experience. I love the confidence they have. When I was first a counselor and went to my first Barton campfire, I was blown away by how much more excited and into it they were and how much, you know, they they didn't have terrified, shaking voices. They had a tremendous amount of enthusiasm. And I mean, the performances were just as rough. Don't get me wrong. It's, it can be tough to kind of figure out how to become a, a all-star performer. But um, the mood has always been so, so welcoming. And if you've got the enthusiasm and the bravery to perform, I think it's just, it's a heartwarming experience. And that that's uplifting because I think of it now from that perspective and think, well, you know, the others listening to me pooping my pants while telling a ghost story, um, you know, probably got something out of it. You it happening? That's great. Well... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm sure. You know, it's very quiet at Campfire. You can hear these things. Right, right. But the only noise is a spooky voice. The crackling yeah. of a campfire and <laughs> your, the crackling of your pants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, speaking of crapping your pants, I, Riley, I'm sure you remember the, <laughs> the fateful <laughs> night of the exploding fireball. Oh, yeah, that was, I was during my submission. Actually. You were performing, yeah. You were singing Rivers and Roads, and someone left a lighter in the campfire, and it exploded in the middle of your performance, sending the first row of people sitting close to the fire, scrambling backwards, hoping to survive. I just greeted the end. You know, I thought it was the apocalypse. I, like, made peace with 
life and just accepted that I was going to be engulfed in flames. It didn't happen, thankfully, but that's how large and terrifying it was. But yeah, I, I admire your resolve. There was a moment of silence and then you just kept singing as if it had never happened. I thought that it was the start of like the pyrotechnics for Riley's submission. <laughs> <laughs> and we were about to get a really, really cool EDM remix of Rivers and Roads. And yeah, you and I was EDM had different that? conclusions. Yes, the answer is yes. Sorry, go ahead, Caleb. Oh, yeah. No, sorry. Just that, that's a, a wildly different conclusion. I mean, Kelly thought it was a fun part of the show. I thought we were all going to die. I was back there. I had like my fist up in the air, like ready to start pumping. <laughs> well, I was like, let's go. <laughs> what I didn't know is if that was the only one, like, was there going to be another big fireball? <laughs> I just wasn't right. sure. I think we were all kind of on our, on the edge of our seats for the rest of that campfire. It certainly hasn't happened since. So, you know, you live Lessons and learn, learned, I guess. Yeah. I think they would have learned about gasoline and fire before that, but that's okay. You'd think, yeah. I mean, I'm sure it wasn't on purpose, but sure. these things happen. So... Since becoming a counselor, you have shared a fair amount of times at Campfire, some original Caleb Sagan songs, but also mm -hmm. some covers. One of the more frequent duos of Campfires is you and the director, Christopher Fior. So that's his name. Mm -hmm. And yeah. and you uh, you have a few go-tos, I would say. Yes, yeah. But I want, I want to hear the backstory behind when you started doing Parachutes of Murder. Oh, wow. You said the real title. Yeah. That's That does not happen very often. So, yeah, for, most people know it as The Vegetable Song, which, I mean, is more an apt description. But, yeah, the Parachutes of Murder, a song by the Arrogant Worms, who are actually a, a comedic musical trio from my hometown, Kingston, Ontario. Uh, yeah, it, well, it started with, Actually, an, an old counselor, Kelly Jennings, who was a camper with me back in the day. No relation. Um, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, Kelly was into the Arrogant Worms, which was shocking to me because I didn't know that there was anyone else who'd ever heard of them. And Kelly knew all the songs. Yeah, I um, And <laughs> so we, that was actually who encouraged me to start you know, performing at Campfire. There were all these songs that we knew and we would perform them together. Um, and Carrot Juice's Murder was a special one because it's a duet. You, you kind of have to sing it um, as a pair. And we did many a song, but that one re really stuck in people's minds. You can't you can't decide um, what's going to become popular. I mean, I've over the years, I've tried a lot of different things at Campfire and I... I really only get requests for that one. <laughs> it just keeps coming back around. People ask, and I, there was a while where I kind of wanted it to die because I was a little, a little sick of it. But then I, I got back into it again, and it's a, it's a fun piece, and I like that. There's a little opportunity to, um, to improvise in it. Chris, out of nowhere, during one performance of it, in the part, they, you know, for those of you who don't know, it's the, it's a song about vegetables rights, and it's a fake protest song about wanting to not stop the slaughter of vegetables right and and there's a moment where we, we sort of just start screaming nonsense about um saving the vegetables and and chris he said it was a moment a split second decision he just shouted no they have fingernails as a, a reference to to the film juno which is um what a an, an anti-choice protester shouts at someone going into an abortion clinic saying 
you know, at this stage, babies have fingernails. So he said, you know, potatoes have fingernails. And I, <laughs> I cracked up so bad that I could barely finish the song. I had to take a moment. And uh, he apologized for that later. But then that, that's become a staple. He puts that in there all the time now. But yeah, it's a it's a fun piece. <laughs> it's a it's a good one. It's easy to learn too for those of you who are interested. And and no, I didn't write it. I get that all the time as well. I did, that is not an original song. Cannot take any credit for it. Uh, but it's only a couple of chords. So check it out if you're interested. It's it's a fun one. Edward's also free to check out your your album, which is on the internet. Um, oh yeah, original Caleb again music, which is fantastic. Um, thank you yeah that's very kind yeah it's out there it's on it's on Bandcamp. you can look me up it's just my name got any suggestions for a cool snappy stage name let me know because no one can pronounce my last name so you also not, can you, you, can no you, can you take a second to to think about what would happen if you pulled a potato out of the bag and it had either a like a finger or a toe it doesn't matter a, a nail of some kind growing out of it like what would be your next course of action do you call the government do you call <laughs> science like what do you <laughs> scream and <laughs> throw it like i don't that's that's horrifying i don't think i could eat a potato so after like, that is the nail is the nail like embedded in the potato or does the potato like have um an appendage with like, things well they do grow those things and i i really hate those i don't know you either they have fingernails in their eyes Maybe. Or is the eye the inside part? What's the what's the outside part? Only the potato expert. We'll call them next. Yeah, yeah, you should probably get one of those on here. My mom's growing potatoes right now. I could ask her if she's ever pulled one up with a fingernail on it. I think I would immediately just put it on eBay. Hmm. I feel like eBay has a wow. market for just weird. Like ready to capitalize on yeah. that horror. Like, yeah, I, I mean, gonna, sure. Like, what am I going to do with my finger like i don't want a fingernail potato <laughs> See, honestly i think i would chop it off and then cook the potato normally no i think i take a picture someone's gonna really appreciate it out there and they deserve to have it maybe i'll just put it on the internet and say if you really want this fingernail potato i will mail it to you yeah do you see like significant moments at the campfires with with campers with yourself um with, with staff i mean i certainly i certainly love the revival of Shaggy Dog stories. I mean, we didn't have a name for it back then. I remember when I was a very small camper, Marcus Jaclyn, who was the director then, would tell these incredible tales. And he always got up and walked around the campfire. You don't see that as much anymore. But he would get up and, and move around and kind of act out the stories. And they'd be these incredible long tales. And it was so riveting. He was a very animated storyteller. And I kind of logged them all away. And that, that, trend kind of died out with him for a while and I didn't I didn't think many people still had those stories floating around in their consciousness but re in recent years those have been brought back people who remember those stories have started retelling them what I love about it is that they they change every single time and even if you, you kind of know what the ending is going to be you don't get bored because you don't know what all the, the middle details are going to be there's always surprises yeah, in the, there the journey it's is the important fun. part um, exactly I think yeah, because had... i mean the destination is certainly not satisfying so it's got to be about <laughs> you, the journey you, got, you right? have to find joy somewhere along the way i think even if you're uh, i found telling the stories that you don't even know where you're going for a lot of it yeah um and you're, you think you go in knowing the story and you leave like oh well, that was quite different and i kind of liked it yeah yeah um 
I remember when uh, the trend of reading lyrics started. Um, <laughs> that has gone down a lot of different roads since then. But the, uh, when it was first a thing, a couple of counselors read the the lyrics to um, "My Hips Don't Lie" by Shakira, and it was the funniest thing any one of us had ever heard. I mean, it was just a new idea, just like calmly in a serious tone, reading the lyrics to a pop song was hysterical. And then that became a trend for years. I mean, you still see it every so often. Right. Um, the trend of like, it's specifically being done by Christopher Walken. Yep. Yep. The voices, the voices started shortly thereafter. It's amazing how these things, they, they grow and they evolve and they change until no one can remember how it started, but it doesn't matter because it's, it's taken on a life of its own. And that's, that's something that happened. I feel like, campfire has its own kind of set of running jokes that arrive and then lie dormant for a while and then come back in a new form and it's it's exciting to watch it evolve and, and a lot of things change but i feel like the, the spirit of it is really constant it's it's never really changed that much it, it's always that salad of serious heartfelt things and then things that start unstoppable chains of laughter that ping pong around the circle until no one can remember what you're laughing about i like that there's there's space for both i mean there's never any pressure for it to take on any particular mood you have campfires that are just funny all the way through and everyone leaves with a smile and you have ones that are really heavy and you know they all they all work together nicely nothing's ever out of place yeah that's a really good uh good way to think about campfire and one of my favorite parts is how each week it kind of morphs with the campers who are who are there, but it st still yeah. retains that same kind of ease of e like the flow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're you're right. I, I think like a Barton campfire feels very different from a Baloo campfire, and a different again from a family camp campfire, and so on. But if you have the opportunity to age through the sessions at camp you kind of grow with the campfires and i think they're they're all meaningful in in completely different ways but um yeah that's no, a nice time i'm still digging around to see if i have any other like really standout moments i fell asleep during a, a campfire once when i was a camper and then i ruined the friendship circle um ruined it because ruined it. yeah friendship is I was, canceled <laughs> Okay, so they made a mistake. <laughs> they ran a um, sleepover, like a slumber party evening program, and then blended it right into campfire. And they let people just keep like lying on the ground. And I was sleeping on a pile of pillows, and I passed out and was asleep for the entire campfire. And then suddenly the friendship circle was happening, so I stood up too fast. And I was holding the hands of the people on either side of me, and I fell right back down and I dragged everyone with me. Um, <laughs> like dominoes? Like everyone just Yeah, because they were all down. holding hands. I don't know who the first person to think of letting go was, but it took a while because a bunch of people kind of got yanked and we we're all standing on pillows so we weren't well balanced and right, it was right. a disaster. Yeah. So you really did just ruin friendship. I yes. Yes. I ruined friendship. Friendship is done. It's over. We're going to have to collectively, you know, put our thinking caps on and think of something to replace friendship. I think we need something else. Um, but yeah, I, you know, if you have any ideas, let me know.
something new, something fresh. Yeah, something we've never seen before. Honestly, I feel like friendship was kind of like getting stale anyway as a as a concept. Way. It's it really has. We it's need like, something. It's like a radio top forty hit that you've just heard too many times now. And you're like, yeah, just I get it. Give me something. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I've I've one final question. Do you have any more questions? Yeah. Well, go ahead. Okay, so. Um, I remember being a a very young Barton camper, and mm-hmm. it was my first week at camp. And when they started singing Shalom at the end, mm. I absolutely no idea <laughs> what was going on. Yeah, my hands were definitely incorrectly crossed. My legs were probably crossed as well because I thought <laughs> I might have had to do that too. Yeah, they didn't explain it back then. People uh, just started singing around me yeah. in unison, but also not in unison at, at one <laughs> point when half the people started singing another thing, yeah. which was the same thing, but later. And I didn't really understand rounds at that point because I was 10 and right. hadn't been really in chorus in elementary school. Of course. And I just remember course. the complete chorus. I remember the complete confusion I felt and just looking around at everyone. And that, I will admit, went on for like the first two years. Two yeah. years. I don't think I... That's impressive. I under I got like the first... The, <laughs> I understood people saying Shalom, which is a yeah. large part of the song. Yes. So that was good. But beyond that, I don't think I really ever fully... Uh, understood what people were saying until i was probably like a tanning camper yeah i um that makes a lot of sense they didn't they didn't explain it when i was a young camper either like we would stand up i just followed everyone else and then like i copied everyone else and then they just sang this song and everyone seemed to know it it was yeah it's a very jarring experience i i thought it was kind of cool though i mean i like that we explain it now because it, it helps kind of draw people in but there was something almost magical about like this thing happening. It was like a, watching a flash mob, you know, it was so unified and it was out of nowhere. And suddenly I'm in the center of this circle where this like incredibly hauntingly beautiful music is happening all around me. And then everyone just acts like it never happened and goes back to their business. And I'm sitting there going, what was that? That was so cool. And I, I don't think it took me two years, but it certainly took me a while. And I was, I was just imitating the sounds. I didn't know um, what the words were, what they meant, what language they were in. Right. I was able to pick up the melody. I figured out that uh, they broke into a round, which was helpful because I was like, how does everyone here know how to harmonize so well? It turns out it just works out like that if you delay your entry. But yeah, it was. I feel like I had a very similar <laughs> experience. Um, a lot of camp was like that. We take a lot more time to, to kind of explain things now than they did uh, when I was first to camper. It was a it was a lot of whiplash moments like that. It was like everyone is suddenly doing something and I don't know what it is. But it was okay because uh, despite it being a very confusing culture to get used to, there was always that that sort of warmth and that invitation to to try it out even if I didn't know what I was doing. And I think it, we still keep that alive a little bit when we explain you know, in the friendship circle, like, okay, we're going to tell you all the words and we're just going to throw them at you and you might not get it because 
it's a new language and uh, everyone here knows it. So just mumble along and eventually the mumbling will maybe turn into singing and just just take our word for it. You'll figure it out someday. I'm still, um, I'm still mumbling. So if you don't figure it out. <laughs> you can mumble forever. You can mumble forever. You can you can catch it, you know, you, a little bit here and there if you know one or two words or, you know, even just sit in it. Just listen to it. Just be in the middle of it. That's you're still just as much a part of that circle if you're not, you know, singing your lungs out. So I think that's kind of the point. Uh, the, the, the sense of unity is independent of your performance, you know? Yeah, exactly. I think that speaks to all of Campfire in a sense, too. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, it was awesome to talk to you. Yes, and, you as well. And we will be having you on... I am assuming pretty frequently. <laughs> yeah, any old time. I'm. Uh, yeah, we'd love to have you. I'm stuck up here in Canada, so there's, you know, of course, as you know, nothing to do. No, we just shut down the country just, for the summer. Snow right now. I want snow then. There are bears. Yeah, it's true. There's just feet and feet of snow outside. Meters, meters of snow. <laughs> See, I, ta I talked to you guys for a couple of minutes and I'm suddenly speaking in imperial measurements. Yep, that's uh, disgraceful. That's what we, that's the effect and I have on anyone, really. Yeah, we are see us and they say, hmm, peace. <laughs> <laughs> All right, great. Thanks so much. <laughs> on that note, <laughs> you're welcome. Thank you for having me. I'll you talk to you welcome. soon, I'm sure. <laughs> You're welcome, and I've 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 graced you with my presence. Yeah, thank you. No, thanks a lot for doing this. You guys are awesome. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. All right. Thank you. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> well, after that. Um, maybe too long of a goodbye process. Um, we have a beautiful little message from one of our campers, um, Juliet Mitchell, telling us about her memories of camp and really puts it all in a nutshell for you. It's okay, not free though. Hello, I'm Juliet Mitchell. I go by she, her, hers pronouns, and this would have been my fourth year at camp. Campfire is one of the best times I've ever had at camp. It brings me such peace sitting in the campfire circle with the moon and millions of stars over us. I have laughed, cried, sung, and held hands with so many people in that beautiful place I would give the world to go back. I remember on the last night of Channing 2, 2019, me and my best friend Audrey were sitting and looking at the stars forever. We stayed so long the winds had to tell us to go back to her cabins. That was one of the best moments of my life and I'll never forget it. And here are some fun memories I have of campfire. The first year I was there, in, it was Barton 2017. The campfire circle was flooded and we had to have indoor campfire every day until the last night we got to be outside. It was so deep you could have swam in it. Also, how could we forget the incredible shaggy dog stories that were told there? One of my friends, Ava, contacted the Great Unron Experience. It was so entertaining to witness. And there was also people with pieces of paper. And one of them had, you are the chosen one in it. And it was so funny. I actually do remember the first time saying Shalom Haverin. I was so confused and didn't know any of the words. I was just mumbling the whole time. 
but it was the first time I felt a sense of community, and I knew this place would always be my home. I love you all so much, and I'll see you soon. Bye. All right, that was our message from Juliet. And Juliet, thank you so much for participating this week. Listening to your memories um, was very meaningful, and I teared up a little bit. So thank you for sharing that with all of us. And it's also really wonderful that we had a current camper on this episode because we're now going to hear from a longtime camper who's been in our community um, for most of her life. We're going to hear from Tracy, and she's going to talk about her memories of being a United camper and coming back for family camp and bringing her children here. Hello. You're on the air. Hi. Hi, Tracy. Hi, We're talking you? to Riley and Kelly here. Cool. Hey, Riley and Kelly. I have yours sitting here with me, too. Wonderful. Welcome to the the wake-up bell. Cool. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so um, this episode is about campfire, and we're just um, curious about some perspective of campfires from back when you were a camper, when you worked here. You know, I know, like, obviously a lot of things are the same, um, but generally... Uh, it might be a silly question, but did it work? How did it work? Did you sign up for it? Was it more of a popcorn style? Were you silent the way campers are now? Yeah, so I just to clarify, I never actually worked at camp, but I was oh. a camper since yeah. I was nine. Um, so I started out going to family camp with my dad and my two brothers in the early 70s. Um, and then I went to Channing and then to Blue Camp. Yeah, back you know, you know, the early days in the 70s, 80s, I remember, I think some of the things that have changed, like particularly for family camp is back then, um, we still did like the family campers. I'm trying to remember now if it was staff or family campers. Anyways, it was like a planned uh, campfire. It wasn't, we didn't do the popcorn style. It was very much of a, you, you come down, turn off your flashlight, you're silent you know, sit, just kind of have that reflective time, you know, before everyone gets down there. Um, So it was a very meditative, quiet time. Um, I think now for family camp, it doesn't seem to be quite as that, you know, it seems to be a lot more casual than it was when I was younger. Definitely, I would agree for family camp. I would say what you described is exactly how our youth sessions feel. Yeah, that's good. That's cool. That's maintained. So when I think back, you know, about, you know, campfires and kind of like what made them really special and the magic about them is when like they were sort of planned or organized and, you know, you had sort of a list of submittals and you knew like who was going, who was starting, who was going next, who was going next. And then those people would sort of sit like, you know, around in different spots in the campfire. And as like, an observer, someone was just sitting there, you know, listening, not really participating. It was very magical to me to just like, you know, in that moment of silence, having one person just share a story and then magically on the other side of the campfire, someone starts singing a song and then magically someone else starts, you know, doing a poem. And and it's like, you didn't really know who was going to share where it was coming from. And what I really used to like which I really felt like created that magic is when 
people just shared without a lot of explanation or disclaimers or anything like no backstory. It's like you just shared and then the next person just shared, you know, just kind of like flowed and it just kind of sort of created this, you know, sort of magical sort of. Definitely a nice uh, like open imagination almost to like you get to sort of think as a listener, uh, oh, like why are they sharing this or just appreciate it. And it's like the flow is really nice. Uh, we have like a transition with our young campers when they get older is they stop like telling everyone who's next. And I think that's a really nice moment of like when you reach that age, it's like, oh, wow, it can flow so nicely like this. Right. Like you just knew, like I'm going after Joe and, and Sam's going after, you know, whoever. And, and like you just knew like where your next spot was and, and it would just kind of like flow like that. And I, those are always the ones that were really cool and awesome to me. Some of the other things that I, I really appreciated during Campfire is there was this one guy, his name was Eric Antonson. He was a crew chief, but he was like this big burly guy, like like lumberjack, classic lumberjack dude, like really tall, big black grizzly beard, you know, flannel shirt. He's a really big dude. <laughs> and um, But he was kind of like, mm, I'd say kind of standoffish, like he wasn't like a real warm, fuzzy guy, you know. But um, every once in a while for campfire, he would share, we'd sing a song and play the guitar. And when he did it, he would like walk around the circle. And I always thought that was really cool because it was like, it gave this, like it, it, at the same time, it felt like, like he was singing just to you. Like you had this closer connection to him because as he's walking, like he's like closer to you. But at the same time, as he's walking around the circle, it felt like, like he's connecting everyone together. And and it was like just a really, created like this really cool energy to yeah, it. Yeah, it's a very nice dichotomy. And then you probably know Alan Naisman, like he kind of tried to continue on that sort of tradition of, of when he shares music, he likes to do that walking around the circle. And yeah, yeah. Eric sort of way. And I love I love him, him play music too. So I, yeah, I like that he travels around. Were there any classic, songs or stories that you would hear a lot at camp as a camper yeah the probably the one song that comes to mind the most is the sun is a very magic fellow which we don't even like sing anymore but like you pretty much didn't have a camp session without someone singing that song um i think i remember alan singing that once at some yeah weekend. but yeah yeah he, like, when his mother was there, right? Yeah, his, his mother used to sing that quite often. His mother played the auto harp. And so yes, that was, that's exactly what I'm remembering is her at the auto harp. Yep. yep. And so that was that was very traditional. That was a very common song that we would sing a lot. That and like um, the circle game, which I think people still sing that. Well, one of the stories I like, this is a more recent story, but one of the things that I have personally have uh, frustration with, and I understand it's is having the inner circle that we have now, because I think because there's so many people that you don't all fit on the outside circle. Right. And so for me, I I really don't like that because I feel like like it's sort of setting up the sort of sort of second class sort of, you know, those that get to be near the fire, the rest of us are like outside looking in wishing we could be by the fire <laughs> like I just feel like this it just to me it's not as, as special when everyone can be all on the outside outer ring and you can all see everyone equally and share the fire equally I think that's to me that's a lot more um powerful and sure. 
and so I just and my brother Devin felt you know feels the same way about it and I remember this is a several years ago we were at camp at family camp and we tried to get down to camp fire a little bit early but we got there and people were like already gathering around sitting on the inner circle as people do and and Devin goes over to like three or four people that are sitting on one of the benches, the you know inner circle benches, and he's like, "Oh, you guys, you know, I think there's something wrong with that bench. Can you just stand up for a minute?" And they're like, "Oh, what?" You know, and they all stand up, and he just picks up the bench. Oh, sorry, this one's broken, and he carries it, he carries <laughs> it out of the circle. And so then he goes back to the other. Oh, oh yeah, that bench is broken too. And like so, one by one, we just start carrying all the benches, like forcing people to sit on the outside uh, ring. And so anyone like, come over, the bench is like, "Oh, they're broken. Sorry, they're broken." <laughs> and that came that's, that's, that kind of a be, great great move especially yeah so it became like this, this small enough yeah so it became like this uh this little inside joke between Devin, my niece and i so you know anytime we were having campfire like for family camp we would try to get down there early and just break all the bent you know break the benches and we'd haul them all out and stuck stick them away somewhere so people <laughs> would come and use them and <laughs> so that's our little inside joke. So if you hear us talking about breaking benches, we're not really breaking them. We're just moving them out of the circle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And for, for good reason, it sounds, you know, um, yeah. your heart's in the right place when you just your destruction. <laughs> yeah, so you get from us traditionalists, you know, that been around for so long, we, we it's hard for change. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I have a question, Tracy. Were you much of a sharer back when you were a camper? And if so, like what types of things would you share? And how do you now feel more comfortable sharing as in family camp or about the same? Oh, I definitely was not a sharer. I was a very, very shy child. So I, you know, if I don't, I don't really remember specifically sharing if I did maybe a poem or something or, but as I got older, it definitely became easier for me. I don't really have qualms speaking in front of a group or anything like I used to as a as a kid. Yeah. I think one of for me, one of the most special things that I did sharing for Campfire was um you guys probably don't know that I there was actually I have a 19 year gap of when I did not come to Unirondack. And it was during the whole time I was married, my first marriage. And it was a very abusive relationship. And so when I finally managed to break free from that relationship, actually before I told my ex-husband that I wanted a divorce, I signed me and my kids up for family camp. Then I told him I wanted a divorce. And then I brought the kids and we went to family camp, mm -hmm. uh, having not having been there for 19 years. It was like that important to me to like reconnect to yeah. like, yeah, like to who I was. And I needed that space to for healing. So we did plan a, a campfire. I think that particular family camp, the campers did do the themes. And so so we did the theme of transition and um, me and kids, I taught my kids how to play the recorder because I learned how to play the recorder when I was there as a kid. So I taught my, my kids how to play the recorder that week and we shared us played a song together during campfire. And that was like, for me, one of the most special campfires because it was, it was the first time I brought my kids to camp. Yeah, yeah. And they that's were beautiful. they were like 14 and 15 at the time. And so it was the first time I brought them to camp, first time I taught them how to play recorder, first time like I got to share all these things that were so meaningful to me in my life. And um yeah, so I got to do that with them. We're happy that you have come back after this gap and got you to experience more campfires and we hope to see you at a 
the very next in-person family camp campfire and get. <laughs> yeah, I can't. Yeah, I'm really missing camp a lot. <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> I'm sure it is for everybody. But, yeah. Yeah, because ever since then, so that was in 2002. So ever since then, I've been to camp every single summer since then. So I'm not missing it ever again. <laughs> yeah. When Yuris came into my life, that was part of the test. Like, he landed here in, in, from California. The next day, I took him up to camp for yeah, a family. Like three, four family. hours, and I was dragged <laughs> out to camp. Went up for friends and family weekend. It's like, if he didn't like it, pff, he's gone. <laughs> and then and then you end up getting married here. We ended right? up getting married there, yeah. Yeah, I thought it was okay. Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're glad you passed the test, Yaris. <laughs> Awesome. Well, it's wonderful hearing from you both. Um, thank you for sharing your memories. Thank you, Tracy. That was so beautiful hearing about your experiences through a lifetime of coming back to camp. And next we have a conversation and then a special song performed by two campers who the three of us went to camp with, Tyler McDowell and Liam Dember. So we hope you enjoy. Yo, yo, Hi. yo. Hello, good Hello. evening. Thank you. You're on the air. Hello. Who do we who do we have here? Would you like to just give us your names and, and pronouns real quick? Sure. My name's Liam. Liam Denver. I go by he, him. Hi, my name's Tyler McDowell. Um, I use he, him, his pronouns. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, so we're talking to you guys because you're both super talented individuals who have performed plenty of times at campfire but you've also just been to a lot of campfires having been to camp for a long time both so our first question is what do you remember from your first like your earliest memories of campfires doesn't have to be your first campfire but things that stick out to you from when you first remember going uh sure i guess i'll go first so my first campfire I feel like my first memory was I had this impression there was going to be like really loud and like almost obnoxious, but really fun. And when I got there and it was just silent, at first I was a little bit disappointed, <laughs> but I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Right. I was like, what is this? Nobody's, nobody's dancing around or anything. But um, there was something really special about that moment where, I kind of was disappointed, but then immediately engaged in it. And uh, the sense of vulnerability that I got in that moment was something that I'll always remember. And like every time you walk down to campfire, I feel like that's something that you come to appreciate and kind of insert yourself in that makes it so special. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think um, my first campfire was in 2010 when I started as a camper. and. I don't remember, I also don't remember the first day, but I, I just, the entire week that I was at camp in general, I was sort of in awe of like the, the connection between people. And when I got to campfire, I remember just thinking, this is really sacred. Just this, this space, this moment that people are kind of coming together in. And it's always stuck with me that way. I always remember sometimes when I'm at campfire, I'd like to just draw my attention to the fire for a little bit, just stare into it and get lost in it and then come back to the space. Yeah, that is definitely something I think I've done as well. And I think it's funny, Liam, to hear uh, about thinking campfire would be a really loud, ruckus time and then 
walking in and literally only one person is speaking at a time and like there's no reaction or anything i think that juxtaposition was probably a little bit shocking but it's a good point i think that it's it feels awfully sacred as tyler said when when you're there yeah yeah for sure um so then do you ever um I don't know, the first time you shared with me at Campfire or when two of you decided to share together, like how you became this duo of a tribute? Yeah, so I think the first thing that I could remember sharing, and I, I think it was before Tyler and I did anything, um, you know, I was always a little bit nervous to actually share something, but because I play a bunch of instruments, I always knew that I'd end up helping other people do stuff. And that would be like a good way for me to step out of my comfort zone. I remember um, my friend Eli was there and we bonded over listening to Bob Marley and like a lot of his like earlier stuff, you know, so I thought he was super cool because he was the only person in the world I knew knew those songs. So each night of that week, we played like a unique song that was really special to us and we got incredible feedback from people. So it was like a super awesome experience and like he wasn't even a singer and he was singing and I had never played most of these songs and I had never performed anything. So it was a really awesome experience. And then uh, from there, I just remember like helping people out here and there with what kind of song they wanted to do. I really got a lot of fun out of that. And I kind of had a similar experience with Tyler when we uh, decided to do Tribute, uh, which is a Tenacious D song, uh, Jack Black's band. And uh, Tyler and I, we were always just goofy and we loved playing ridiculous stuff we would come up with or funny songs we knew of and tribute was just like the best one <laughs> but yeah i'll let him talk about that a little bit too yeah i mean tribute was sort of the the way that it came about initially i think it was my second year there um and liam's i, I don't know how long liam has been a camper honestly but um <laughs> we were just in the same cabin and listening to some music and the song came on and we were we kind of both knew yeah we're gonna do that one like we're, we're going to do it. Um, there wasn't really a question. So and cute. he would he would accompany, I, I would sing and he'd play guitar. And I remember the first time that we did it, everyone would was coming up to us after campfire like, that was the best thing I've ever heard. Do it again. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. It was, it's, it, it's been a really special thing to have over the years that whenever Liam and I are at camp, we play that song. And I, you know, picked it up. Liam, Liam's always been a more proficient guitarist than I have. So whenever he's there, he always plays guitar. But I've also carried the song myself. You know, when I got on staff, I play it during staff week. And it's just been a really special thing to associate with camp. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I remember people would always be hyped up about it after we did it like once or twice. They'd be like, are you doing it tonight? I'd be like, no, not yet, man. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> Wait for it. <laughs> it was... It was always funny because I, I think I remember the first time you all did it and like then you did it again uh, <laughs> either the next week or the next year and it started to be like, oh, so like this is a, this is a thing. This is a thing we're doing and you would like, like we all would look forward to you guys doing it. Yeah. And so it really did grow larger than just like a song. I want you guys to talk a little bit about like the performance aspect of it, because it really isn't just like two people sitting next to each other quietly performing a, a beautiful song. 
although it is beautiful, it it may not be quiet. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, Tyler, you want to take that one? <laughs> no, no, I think I think um, I honestly, when it's happening, I don't really know what's happening. So <laughs> I think Liam, you you have the better vantage point. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> you black out with you can't you don't remember actually what happened. Not, not really. I just all right, man. Are you ready to do this? Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I remember the the first one we did pretty vividly, um to a lot of high energy towards the end. Um it's got this kind of like uh almost country uh wishy washy, flowy, like lost but dark, edgy feel to it. And so it builds up into this really powerful moment where the song just explodes and it's just a really awesome rock anthem, basically. And the idea of the song is that it's a tribute to a song that was the best song. So we're doing a tribute to a tribute that's a tribute. <laughs> and, you know, it's a lot of a lot of powerful energy to be to be dealing with when you're in that position. So once that song gets kicking at the end, Tyler jumps up and he starts running around the campfire circle like a bird because it's he's singing this note it's like ah, and he's going through the sky and everyone's like oh my god what is happening right now are we allowed to to get up and run around the campfire circle oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah and then from there it's just he he always found a way to just channel those theatrics into that moment and i think that's what people really love and um it kind of rubbed off on people because they were like, that's awesome. And what's my version of that? Mm. You know, I might not be the most bird-like soaring person <laughs> something that I can bring to campfire that I can, I can express and really get out there and connect to people with. Yeah. I think while Tyler definitely is uh, bringing a ton of energy, your part is not to be lost here. Because you're definitely just ripping on guitar at the end. You're just going all in. Yeah, absolutely. Liam's like by far one of the better musicians and accompanists that I've ever had the pleasure to know or work with in any capacity. And he was always really reliable. And, you know, we would, there was one part in the song that's like a scat solo. And we'd like team up on that part which was sort of hard for him to do and play guitar at the same time, or for him, maybe it's easy, but in my eyes, it's pretty difficult. But it's, you know, it's been great to also get to know Liam better as a person over the years. And I think that our friendship really started with that song. Yeah, definitely. It was just like instant connection. <laughs> Even with That's the scat. Beautiful <laughs> I would also say like, uh, in its like performative sense, it's also not in a showboat way like it's a performative like shared experience for the community like everyone was like waiting for it at the end of the end of the end of the week and loved hearing it and it wasn't like i don't know because i guess like you said oh like are we allowed to do that at a campfire but no like absolutely because every, everyone wants it everyone is like um enjoying that wildness yeah absolutely yeah and i think um you know that song for me was special because I used to love just walking around camp with my guitar and just writing mundane songs about camp life and trying to make them as funny as possible. And people seem to really get a kick out of that. And like, I would do that all the time in my real world, right? But like, nobody cared. It's just me. But walking around camp and like having that sort of fun, goofy, shared experience throughout the day was awesome. And so Tribute was kind of like the campfire ultimate 
realization of that. And so I feel like people were really able to connect with that because they're already kind of familiar with our, our theatrics and the way we like to do stuff. Yeah, I would echo that myself. I, I think, you know, I, I, I love Campfire. I love being there. I love performing there. I mean, that's, I think that's sort of a given, but there, it got to a point where I would, one, one year I was coming back to volunteer at camp, um, running a morning program. And I was planning out, okay, I'm going to do a different thing every night at campfire. And I was thinking about this like a, a month before I got to camp, just because I want to like share that experience with people. Um, and, you know, being on staff and working with, especially working with like Barton campers, I would help them write songs and also improvise some stuff to, to you know, um, sort of mess around with them. And a lot of that energy definitely came from the same place. Hmm. Yeah, Tyler, didn't you write the toothpaste song or the? Oh that no, that was that was that was um, uh, Zygmunt Channing two twenty sixteen. Um, if you any of you campers or past campers are listening to this, you wrote that song. That was you. <laughs> it, it is funny to hear you talk about that because it it brought back the memory of of your cabin singing that song. And it did give me a very similar feeling to when you and Liam used to used to pull tribute at and you got and they got everyone into it and everyone was laughing and it became a bigger thing than just like a little share at Camp Pirate. It kind of became a phenomenon. That's the camp way? Yeah. yeah. It's kind of the magic of it. <laughs> Absolutely. Awesome. Yeah. Well, it's been great hearing your voices. Um, and thanks for thanks for joining us. Thanks for bringing high energy sharing to Campfire. Uh, at least like for our our generation, it was a great thing to expect. And thanks for joining the Wake Up Bell. Yeah, absolutely. Do you guys want to hear tribute? We would absolutely love to hear tribute. Oh heck yeah! Awesome. Let's do it. Are you Are you gonna play it right now? Right now. What? Okay, great. Hit us. Whoa. It's been a minute. <laughs> One, two, three. This is the greatest and best song in the world. Tribute. A long time ago, me and my brother Liam here was walking down a long and lonesome road and all of a sudden there shined a shiny demon in the middle of the road and he said play the best song in the world for all each your souls and me and Leo we looked at each other Said, okay, and we played the first thing that came to our heads. Just so happened to be the best song in the world. It was the best song in the world. Look into my eyes, and it's easy to see. One and one make two, two and one make three. It was destiny. Once every hundred thousand years or so, when the sun does shine. to say the beast was stunned <laughs>
whip crack went his whoopy tail and the beast was done he asked us be you angels and we said nay we are but men participated and if you want to participate next week the theme will be Channing Channing that's the one Channing so if you were ever a Channing camper if you worked a Channing session if you sent your kids to Channing we want to hear all about it so please reach out we'll be posting about it on social media so keep an eye out to where to reach out to hit us up also, also make sure you register for the evening program this weekend uh, Saturdays, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. A series of unfortunate events. Make sure that you do that because it's going to be a great old time planned by some fantastic counselors. Um, Becca and Faith, check it out on uniromic.org slash virtual dash programming. The Boudelaire siblings need your help. Are they the Boudelaire siblings? Baudelaire. 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 The, the Boudelaire bo children are us. Spooky time, but not not super spooky. I just just do, go to it. All but, ages welcome. 
if you are looking for a spooky time, go to Spooky Stories Zoom program. It already happened. Some other time. Never mind. <laughs> it happened two days ago. I'm living in the past. Stairs distantly to the middle ground. <laughs> Alright, goodbye. Thank you for coming to the Wake Up Bell. Goodbye. Sorry, what? <laughs> Have you never seen Little Rascals?